We need people who are strong in the Lord and in confidence in themselves. But, but you know what? Self, when it comes to self-confidence, you can build so much theology around these issues that you can't actually have it. Well, I don't need to be confident in myself. I need to be confident in Jesus. Just going to toss this out there. What, what if we were confident in both? Hello and welcome to the Digital Ministry Podcast, where we are having conversations about the stories and strategies of sharing God's love in the digital world. Now, here is your host, someone who believes you should always give everything you've got unless you're giving blood. This is Joshua Verwers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode three of the Digital Ministry Podcast. I am so happy to have you guys with me here today. If you are new, I just want to let you know that each time I'm uploading these videos and bringing these podcasts, they're all designed to really share God's love here in this digital world, to encourage you to live by faith. And especially on this podcast, we're all about sharing the stories and strategies of digital ministry. Now, with all that being said, We're going to get straight to my guest. He is the man. He is the myth. He is the legend. He is the one that wishes he could be the Green Ranger and probably is the closest man alive to be that Green Ranger. He is none other than YouTube megastar Jason Mayfield. Jason, how you doing? Man, people are going to go to my channel and go, this guy has a lot less things going on than I thought he did. Uh, No, okay, so I, I said megastar, but... That's all in comparison. It's it's comparing what you're doing. I truly believe that when it comes to YouTube, you are one of the channels that is making a huge impact because you are being real. What people I agree. see is you. If you were to compare me to someone as, let's say, Trey Van Camp, <laughs> I am a superstar. Uh, um, I'm... I'm going to uh, neither confirm nor deny. I don't know. That would be, you would go, you'd look at me and him, and you'd go, obviously, that guy is the superstar. Yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you, did you by chance listen to the interview that I did with Trey last week? The entire thing. The entire thing. So you heard us shout out you and the hashtag not your pastor. Yeah, actually, yeah. And I'm going to (laughs) take issue with what y'all said, too. Because y'all said that I'd come on here and I'd call people out by name. And I don't do that. I don't call people out by name. You don't now, call I'll... people out by name. All right, hold on. Pause real quick. Let me just ask you this then. It's the same question I told Trey that I was okay. going to ask you. All right, well, let's see if I call him out by name now. What is the biggest mistake you see Christian YouTubers doing? And you can feel free to call somebody out by name if that just happens to illustrate your point. Um, well, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think number, I think it's two things. One is people create content that is subpar in general, you know, so there's this expectation that I'm a believer. So I can, you gotta, you gotta like what I do because I'm a believer. Right. And so we play the Jesus card and we (laughs) never play the quality card. Yeah. Which is something that I really try to make sure that I don't do. Um, and then the other one is that we get in out here and we, we are unqualified in what we, what we talk about. Mm, Yeah. And so we don't have any, any, um, background to back up the statements that we make. And I think those two things, and a lot of times here's, here's what's crazy. A lot of times you'll see 
both of those things flip. So you'll have guys make really good content that is really unqualified, and you'll have guys make really qualified content that is just really terrible. Amen. Amen. I I could not say that any better and more accurate. That is that is precise. That is. And now I would like on. to give you a list of of examples. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, just to kind of let you know, we actually recorded this after the rest of the interview because I didn't introduce him and I figured I should. And he told me not to edit anything else out. So uh, now. Cue the correct order of this podcast. Jump jump into the next three <laughs> hours of your life. I had sent you this earlier, and I just said, how about we chat about the trolls, the critics, the complainers, the people that are trying to use the platforms that God has helped us to create for their own soapbox yeah. to try to start a fight. How How do you deal with that? Probably not as well as I should, to be honest. I'm probably not the most qualified person to answer that question. But I do I do what other people don't in our space. And that is that I address it at the level at which it comes in. <laughs> and I don't I don't sit back and go well, brother, I'm going to pray for you, and if you ever want to talk, here's my email. You know, I had a guy write something earlier on a thing, and uh, he it was a uh, I have a video up. Uh, do 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 people go to hell who commit suicide? Keep in mind, this isn't a video I did of my own volition. This is a question and answer video. Yeah. So somebody had sent this in, and I gave an answer, but he had written on there. He said, "I I see Bible links in your description." I don't have to watch the video to know what you're going to say. Number one, <laughs> let me just go ahead and say this. If you know what I'm going to say, you better watch the video. Okay, right. that's number one. But, I, but I, wrote, I just wrote him back. I said, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know? And I've really gotten to where I don't respond to a lot of these people. But I'm not going to go in there and explain myself. I'm basically going to find a way to say, that's a stupid thing to say. Right. And it is. It was a stupid comment. And so, and I'm, you know, I get those all day, every day. I got one earlier. Okay. Okay. So I'm not answering your question, but I'll address all the comments I've gotten in the last 24 hours that ticked me off. <laughs> Feel um, free. The yeah, platform yeah. is yours at the moment. It's good. These are good <laughs> clips. You're going to want to put these on your Instagram. Um, but I, uh, I got a question earlier because I just did a video. It just came out uh, as, as we're recording this yesterday, I think. And it's about, uh, I call it prosperity preacher buys two new cars. Yeah. I'm not really a prosperity preacher. I just, you know, I just say that. Um, I mean, I, I believe God wants you to prosper, but I don't know what classifies you as a, I haven't gone through the prosperity preacher certification course. So I don't know. I don't know that I am one, but I do believe (laughs) God wants you to prosper. And, um, and I got people behind the scenes in other movements coming to me now because it's hard to it's hard to deny the fruit um right and so but this person wrote on there because you know we went and got the car and and really the purpose of the video was to uh it was to 
create an entertaining piece of content, number one, because yeah. we went and we bought the cars and I thought it'd be fun. We were not expecting the car to break down on the way there. So if you haven't seen it, there's a lot of spoilers going on here. We weren't it's expecting the ho- car so to break good. down on the way. We weren't expecting to have to call the tow truck. Right. We there was a lot of that, but the the real concept, the real nugget, the the teaching of the video, the moral of the video was: we are going and buying two brand new cars. Yeah. But look at these pieces of junk we've been driving. Right. And so we open the video with that. The, the, the thesis is we drive pitiful cars, but we make around a half a million dollars a year. Yeah. Keep in mind, we have, as of this week, already surpassed our entire 2018 income. Boom. As of this week. <laughs> So in six months, we surpass it. So we have a lot of money coming in, and we see a lot of God's hand on what we do. But there's a lot of financial prudence that's in place that makes those things happen. Because I believe a core component to prosperity is financial discipline and financial literacy. As a matter of fact, I would dare to say more people are prospering than realize it because they're just so stupid stupid with their money yep yep all that being said uh the person comes on and says well i bet if you were still poor you wouldn't call yourself a prosperity preacher well hang on just a a second honey back the (laughs) truck up okay because i was preaching this yes with my daughter in the hospital i was preaching this when i just lost my job yeah this isn't new i didn't stumble up on a a twenty-five thousand dollar check and go hey you know what i think i'm gonna preach some prosperity from the bible now i had a revelation and i had a word and i had a ministry on it before i was even there because and one of the reasons i was able to preach it poor is I did understand that God did not call me to be perfect. He just called me to preach the word. Yeah. So I, it wasn't my job to be rich to preach prosperity. It was my right. job to preach what the scripture says. Yeah. So so I think sometimes you just get you're just going to get people like that and I just turn around and sometimes I just answer people. I, I I do one of three things. I'm either gracious with people, just rare. Mm-hmm. With with people who are acting wrong, I mean, if they're if they're these are nice people and saying nice things, I'm gracious with them. I will I will either be extremely gracious, which happens of a supernatural strength that I do not know. <laughs> yeah. I will ignore them, or I will address them on the level that they address me. And here's the thing: most of us who are in this space. Have a hard time reconciling that behavior into what we do, but oh, there is some absolutely. merit to just calling it like it is. Wait, you mean like uh, hypocrites and brood of vipers and whitewashed tombs and? Yeah, like some dude <laughs> said one time, you know. But there's something about just looking at a scenario, saying what it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that wasn't even just religious people. Everybody talks about how Jesus got on religious people like that. No, Jesus talked to the woman at the well like that. He basically said, Yeah. You know, he's talking to this woman and he said, You are. <laughs> that's the problem. That's where you're, that's the root of your issues is you a. Three words. It'll change your life if you'll just, if you just let this sink in. Yes. You are. 
Yeah, yeah. That's right. You're th- how many episodes of this are you in, and you're already getting? Um, yeah, this is episode number three. I'm just I'm now trying to figure out how we're going to edit that. If I need to edit that, I mean, no, no don't edit it. Hey, but we're not talking because about you know the Doctor Seuss that they did. You know where he called the thing a dirty hoe. I mean, that was the the garden tool. Um. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about she was a. <laughs> She was, and but but if you can't if you can't address some of the things at that level, there's never breakthrough because well you tiptoe around stuff so much, and that is why we joke about it. I've ne- I haven't done anything publicly with it yet, and I need to. And sometimes I'll put it on Instagram, but I always say that I'm I'm not your pastor. Hashtag not your pastor. That's right. why when I say things like it is, that's what I tag. Yeah. Hashtag not your pastor because I'm not your pastor. And right. I don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to throw a fit. You can unsubscribe. You can go away. I don't care. I was doing this when nobody was watching. I'm going to do it when a million people are watching. Are you getting your coffee refilled <laughs> on the spot? I, I am. Is, it, is it in the other camera? Because uh, I'm seeing you through a different camera. It's It was a hand in the other camera. They might have seen the hand briefly. That, that was amazing. You know what I'm getting? <laughs> Nothing. See, that was the, the, the hand. The hand that brings the coffee. That brought the coffee pot. <laughs> it's a floating hand in the camera. It's amazing. Yeah. That should be part of all of your videos. Hello, Genevieve. <laughs> Hello. How are you? That should be part of your thing. Is like somewhere in your videos, your coffee just gets refilled. Yeah, I... I like that idea. I think we need to make that happen. I'm not sure how. That would be that would be awesome. Um, but no, there's there's something about just you know, for me, I have no beholdenness to anybody in any other way right now. I don't have donors. I mean, I have some people who are patrons, right? But you know, those ten people, you know, there is a little bit of a revolving door there. I think my last <clears throat> Patreon deposit was thirty four dollars and some odd cents. Yeah. So you know, I don't. I I just I have no beholdenness to any of that. So for me, I think one of the things I bring to the table in this in the sphere is to be able to call things like it like I see it. Yeah. And there and there's a lot of negative ways people could paint that right but somebody got to say it yeah and i i think it's a good thing for us to one okay say what needs to be said but also kind of recognize that we're saying what we think needs to be said others can disagree with that and that's fair game but when is it okay for us to tell somebody that my interpretation of the Bible is the only interpretation that could ever be right, and you must be wrong in every single thing. Uh, my answer to that would be never. Right. Uh, and that's essentially we, was, what we do when we're saying, you shouldn't be talking that way. You shouldn't call somebody that name because, well, Jesus would never. But yet that phrase, hypocrite, in the original language was the most offensive insult you could lob at somebody. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did. I mean, we overlook a lot of the behavior of prophets from the old Testament. I mean, these guys who did stuff that was so outlandish, right. But would catch such attention. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know. I mean, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna sit there and laugh and talk about somebody else's God going out and taking a pee, 
And then you got another guy who's going to go marry a hooker. You know, in for the for the gospel's sake. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you have to I think at some point you have to sit mm. back and you have to go we we have to there there is a merit to communicating in a way that it works, you know, and one yeah. of the things I don't do, I don't use on the show or on my channel. I don't use profanity. Now, there's, I'm sure that there, I would, I would say there's some language I use that's crude, but right. I don't use profanity, outright profanity. Yeah, now, I did just do an episode where I did use profanity and I bleeped it, but it was a, yeah. it was critical to to the illustration I was using. Right. Um. And and that was the blanket excuse that anybody would use but if someone goes back and well, I don't remember what episode it was for me but it's Ephesians 4 I think Ephesians 4 part 4 5 or 6 uh it it was I mean it was it was super critical to the the illustration Oh see I thought you were talking about your trip that you did uh, to was it Austin No I didn't even actually cuss <laughs> I actually have another. You, you believed at one point. Yeah, but I didn't actually say anything. I was going to say I didn't think you said yeah. anything because it, it was just a, in, a bleep. I did that in another episode, uh, another video. I was doing a Bible review, and whatever I said, the way I said it was almost like the same uh, rhythm. Yeah, as if I was saying a cuss word. And I bleeped it, and then I played it back the, the, without it. But it sounded, I thought it was funny, so I put it in there. Yeah. But um, but no, I actually cussed in the story in, the, in the episode, which is the, my first time cussing ever in a Bible teaching. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, and when you do that, what's the reaction from your audience? Because, okay, at the date of this recording... You know what? Honestly, it just went live this week, that okay. teaching. And it's been overwhelmingly positive. Really? Yeah, but now, but you know what's funny? My teaching videos don't get as many hits as my vlogs or my Bible reviews, which is why I think people misunderstand me so much. Because they'll Explain come that. on, well, they'll come on to a vlog where I say something. Yeah. Uh, you know, for instance, um, okay, I had okay. I just had a vlog go live from going to Austin. Yeah. And um, there's a little clip of a biblical exhortation that I give to our company. Right. Okay, so there's a couple of things in motion here. Number one, I'm talking to our business using our company platform. Yes. I am not there to give a bold declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, number right. one. I am pushing, potentially, the limits in that moment. Yes, yeah. But I did take a clip of it. I put it online and I said something about Romans 8. Uh, I don't remember what the verse is, like 832 or something like that. And um, I'm talking about um, if he did not withhold his son, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Yeah. Uh, and so I got a guy on there who writes me like this dissertation of questions <laughs> and lists out all this stuff in Romans 8. And everything that I ought to consider before I get up there and say this 45 seconds worth of a clip that he sees. Yeah. And um, and I'm sitting back, and my response to him was, because he was asking me questions. I said, I'm not responding to any of your, your questions, number one. But if you're interested to know what I want to know, 
I've got an entire teaching Library. series on Romans. So it's not like I pulled something out of somewhere. If you were watching the teaching, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, if you want to get into my good graces, you need to be in the teaching realm. Yep. That's where that's my baby, even though there's this other stuff that we do. Um, so that I find a lot of people do that. A yeah. lot of people will misunderstand something because they didn't go get what's there. I mean, I'm not like halfway around it. Yeah. So yeah, it reminds me of when we had that first um, you know, conversation that we had, and there was something that you had said in there. Right now, I can't remember for the life of me what it was. No idea. Won't remember. I probably will never remember what it was, but I do remember that you had said something. I thought about it. And then I was like, wait, maybe I need to ask him about this later. But I hopped on your channel and you do have a plethora of content out there of teachings. Yeah. And so I listened to a few of yours. I remember they were kind of in the same vein of what we were talking about. And then it was like, wait, no, I, that that's not an issue at all. I was looking at it from my perspective and not that angle that you were coming at it. And mm -hmm. once I thought about it from there, it was like, no, oh, no, this is, it's nothing. I mean, it really wasn't. So, and I think, you know, if, if you have a conversation with me and I don't say something that makes you go, what <laughs> we, we, I've, I was moving fast and I was trying to get out of there. I poor right. Trey Van camp. I mean, every <laughs> time I talk to him, he's concerned. He's and, concerned for my soul. And I love Trey. You can see it on his face. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as yeah. you say something, like I remember there was that live stream that you and he did. Um, is that grammatically correct? You and he, he, and, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, we done um, live, we done live on the internet. Yeah. But yeah. I remember that live stream you guys did and there was something you had said and it was all of a sudden it was like, Trey's eye started twitching for a second. It was just probably, like, probably when I told him that we're not blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> that might've been it. Yeah. yeah. He went, well, hang on now. What? He was like, hold on. I mean, I've, if you I've... could have been on the 15 minute phone call we had earlier today, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking, we covered every hot button doctrine. <laughs> before we got off the phone and oh. i was like how do we do, why do we even do this when we talk to each other it was totally irrelevant to what we had talked to each other about right. but but you know how it is you just start to flow in those conversations yeah. too yeah. you know when you're around people because a lot of times you're you're around people who do not have enough context for that right you know and i'll say i i, I said earlier you know i was talking about calling people out or not calling people out but saying things as they are you know just calling it what yeah. it is yeah I don't really encourage everybody to do that. That's not a normal practice that I encourage. But as a no. minister, I think it's important. I have a certain level of qualification that an average individual does not have. So when I say big, broad statements, that's probably based on a plethora of meetings and counseling sessions yep. that I've had over the years where I just kind of know this is what happens. Yeah. This is where we're headed. And honestly, this is what you're not telling me right now because yep. I know what you're hiding. Yep. Not, but not, not even by, you know, divine revelation. It's I've, I've done this enough, honey. Yeah. And it's crazy because people will then will say stuff like that. And they think that somehow, you know, we're prophetic 
and we've got like, I don't know, or peeping Toms and somehow have security cameras set up in their house. And it's like, no, I just understand human nature. And I've been around this game of Christians doing once one thing and not the other. Once you see the same thing happen, you know, five <laughs> times. All right. Well, you done one, you done two, you done three. Yep. I'm just going to take a guess. This yep. is four. Yep. Yeah. Just going to toss it out there. So, yeah. No, so I wouldn't encourage everybody to do that. But in terms of trolls and stuff that you had asked me earlier, I, I do not know that I do it the right way. But I do know that I do it a different way than most people do. But I've it's, also taken a step back where I just don't deal with a lot of what comes in in comments and stuff anymore. Right. And, you know, for those people who are listening, uh, because they're interested in building their digital platform, especially on YouTube, that's certainly not uh, from an analytical growth perspective what people would say to do no but i am still growing at a rate without a lot of the personal interaction that i'm comfortable with yeah and i so i don't feel because for me it is it's an emotional uh sacrifice to have a lot of i mean even going through and harding and liking i mean if i do that i just i'm done for the day (laughs) I don't know nice. why. I wish I knew. I wish that's I knew just, what that was. That's enough. But yeah, just for me, I'm like, okay, I've peopled enough. I can't do it no more. Yeah. You know? So, but, you know, if if you're trying to grow your channel, you get in there, you heart, you like, you comment, you do all that stuff, and you rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody that you know of on the YouTube platform, Christians in particular, that you see doing that, dealing with the trolls, the haters, the critics, dealing with it in an effective way that maybe is slightly different than you? No, because I don't read anybody else's comments. Yeah. Because I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even read mine if they weren't in front of me. You know? Hashtag not your pastor. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what somebody else... You know, I mean, if I go right. watch Trey Van Camp's video, I don't care what people think about Trey Van Camp's video. Yeah, yeah, true. I, you know, I care what I think about it, but... <clears throat> So grandma gets on there and says, I can't believe a preacher's got time to go to the lake and, and, and play with video cameras. Yeah. I don't care about you, Susie. <laughs> so no. So I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the, the best way to deal with people in terms of trolls or any negativity in general, in my mm-hmm. opinion, that's where I was getting ready ign- to go. Is just ignore it. Yeah. Now I don't do that. I don't encourage people to not do it. You is, know, is that the Apostle Paul part of you that that which I want to do, I don't do and that which I do, I don't want to do? Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's the I, th- I don't encourage people to do it because I don't want people to be hurt. Right. I just want just just try to move on. Uh, you know, for me, one of the reasons that I do it and I generally don't do it if I think it's a troll. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are different levels because I think we've got people who comment, people who express their opinion, people who like to place their superiority in the comment section of your video. Yeah. And then you got trolls. I don't deal with a lot of trolls. I had a guy comment something the other day that I was like, that guy's baiting me. You know, he's that's a troll. Yeah. Um, and just never engage with that. You know, if they're baiting you, you know, because it's a waste of time. Sometimes even the guys who really have good, honest concerns, it's a waste of time. 
I mean, right. I, I watch preachers, man. I'm talking about pastors right now, okay? Yeah. I'm yeah. not talking about everybody. But I watch pastors on Facebook, and I'm like, what Why? do you do during the day that gives you this all this time to be going back and forth with people? I mean, aren't you busy? Yeah. Because I was busy when I was pastoring. So what are you doing? Yeah. And so... So for me, I think any time that you're going to be in something where you're going to be back and forth all day on the internet, just exit that conversation quick. You know, just be done. But but when you have those people who place their superiority, I would still say get away from it. However, <laughs> I I I get in there and I'll say stuff. I'll, I'll 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 call people out. Okay. Cause I, cause I just, you know, you're just not going to come on here and just be a, a turkey, right? Cause, right. you know, that's an that's an air, that's where I feel like I'm still pastoring people sometimes. Okay. Because I'm going to say something to you to help you grow through an issue, and the fact that you think so highly of your opinion, but so lowly of yourself, that you have to go on the internet to make sure people know that you're smarter than them. You need to grow through that because, hmm. sir, you are a loser. And yeah. someone's got to bring that to your attention or right. else you're going to be a loser for the next 20 years. And what we don't need is we don't need a bunch of educated losers in the ministry. Yeah. We need people who are strong in the Lord and in confidence in themselves. But, but you know what? Self, when it comes to self-confidence, you can build so much theology around these issues that you can't actually have it. Well, I don't need to be confident in myself. I need to be confident in Jesus. Just going to toss us out there. What, what if we were confident in both? Right. You know, that's like these guys who get up and pray for the anointing uh, for worship services, but they're praying for the anointing over practical things. Lord, anoint my hands. Do you know I have never prayed for the Lord to anoint my hands in a worship service because I know how to freaking play the piano. <laughs> so I really don't have to worry. This is an area that I can get up there and not worry. Yeah. Because if the Lord shows up or not, something is going to happen today called this piano is going to get played. Yeah. Now, the the flip side of this, or maybe to bring a different angle, a different balance is I regularly, when I'm preaching, will ask that God would give me the right word at the right time for the right person for the right purpose. Not that I don't know how to get up and just speak for an hour and a half if I needed to. Yeah. But because I tend to lean into my own understanding a little bit too much at times, and I would prefer if I start to go that path, even if I just got in the way, and my word came out, he could possibly use that word and turn think, to what he wanted. I think preaching is different, though. There's a difference between praying that the Lord would touch the preaching and that he would speak versus through whatever's being spoken versus your asking the Lord. That's, you know, we, we pray prayers that are the equivalent of, Lord... When I put the pencil in the pencil sharpener, I just ask you that you when right I bring it out, that it'll be a sharp pencil. 
It's a pencil sharpener. Right. It's going to be sharp whether you pray for it or unless it's a broken pencil sharpener, there is no need to pray this. People pray pray for the anointing over their sound systems. Here's an idea. Why don't you stop letting that guy who sucks at running sound run your sound at church? Bam. Anointed. That was an anointed decision that just got made. You want the anointing? That was anointed. You know, instead of praying for the vocals to be anointed on your singing team, why don't you get rid of that lady who's tone deaf? But you're too afraid to do it because, you know, she's going to throw a fit when you tell her she can't sing, and you just haven't decided in your heart yet that it's worth dealing with her throwing a fit. And I get all that. And I get that we got the, you know, so sometimes what we're doing is we're just, uh, we're, I don't even know what got me into this. I don't even know how we segued over here, but we're, but I could tell you things. I I could go on this for a long time because, because sometimes what we're doing is we're praying for God to anoint stuff that's broken and ain't ever going to be fixed. And, and then we're, we miss the areas where we actually need God to do it. Right. We, okay. we will pray for God to touch things that ought to fall under the realm of just natural provision, and then we will rush through an altar service. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tracking with you here. Um, I, I was I having think, a... I think preaching is different, though. I just want to make sure that I'm Yeah, clear. yeah. And I can preaching see that. Is a different, especially if you have a prophetic lean. Yeah, and I guess I'm not hearing you say that you shouldn't be praying if you're a worship leader or anything like that, but you're saying more, you don't need to be praying that God would prepare you when you could just be doing the preparation yourself. Or praying for stuff that's already going to happen the way it's going to happen. Right, yeah. Don't pray for him to plug in the mic jack into the guitar. Yeah. Actually, it's and not I mean, even a mic jack, is if it? If your bass you player's been playing the wrong <laughs> notes for seven years, the Holy Ghost ain't going to touch him this morning. Is this the you equivalent? Just need to get through it. Is this the equivalent of our uh, giant potlucks with a plate full of brownies and donuts on it, and we're like, "Lord, please take these calories away from me while we shove them in our mouth." Well, I think people say, "Bless us <laughs> to the nourishment of our bodies." You know, I, why don't people just pray? You know, I wish people would pray honest prayers. And I did a video mm-hmm. on this. Because I feel like I got so much deliverance in prayer over praying prayers that I thought were trying to impress the Lord mm-hmm. versus just praying for what I wanted. And, you know, and those those prayers actually got answered because they there was actually something for the Lord to do with it. You know, I was praying prayers to impress God, and I think he's thinking, cool, but I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> right, right. You know, but why can't we just pray and just say, Lord, please let this food taste good. Because let's be honest, I mean, if you're at a potluck, it's a, uh, you're stepping out in blessing, or yeah. you're stepping out in faith. Yeah. Not in blessing. I was thinking about people who call them pot blessings. Oh, yeah, God. pot blessings rather than potlucks. Pot blessings. Someone called, I heard somebody say angel eggs the other day. I'm like, what the heck is an angel egg? Yeah. And they said, we won't call them <laughs> deviled eggs. Right. Oh my gosh. It's not the devil. It's just they're deviled. It's a, ty- it's a cooking mechanism. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, so everything's just so sanctified. Y'all probably have y'all probably have angel eggs and pot blessings over at y'all's church, don't we you? We have neither, and it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes uh, from the president of our ministerial association. He said that uh, those who spiritualize tell spiritual lies. I agree with that. I think people, <laughs> I think people take things so far sometimes, and I'm just like, good grief! If you could just live an honest life here, God might yeah. do something with you. God might use you. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's an encouragement for people who who are listening to this podcast. By the way, I haven't said this because we've had a very informal start. You were so formal with with Trey. You were asking real. You were asking questions, and you had an introduction. Here I am, just spouting off the whole time. I'm going to give won't you an introduction. I'll, You're I'll probably record. not even. You're not even going to publish this episode. <laughs> You're going to let me rant for an hour, and I'm going to be like, I don't know. I guess it's coming out. Um, but no, and don't edit any of this either, because I want everybody to hear everything that's going on, because this is the good stuff. <laughs> All no, right. But, um, but now I don't even know what I was going to say. No. Oh, spiritualize and being yeah. honest. I think anybody who who is, you know, interested in, in building a platform like this, this medium craves honest transparency and i don't even want to say authenticity because i feel like we've said authenticity till we're blue in the face yeah kind of like relevant we did that 20 years ago everybody trying to build a relevant church and you know i, I people want to see through the veil they right. don't want to see what you want them to see and you know youtube is kind of it gives us the opportunity to have a realistic reality tv because we watch yeah. reality tv and we know all of that is is uh you know staged right and some people are better at it than other people you know you watch hgtv and stuff those are the people who are bad at it and they're like well <laughs> we're thinking this one might be over budget yeah you know but then you've got you know you got other reality tv is better but we know it's all fake right and right. with youtube you can remove all all of the uh, the shading and the tint off of your life, and you can just show people what it's like to live a real, honest life and a real, honest faith. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, okay, along those lines of people that might want to use this as a platform, let me just ask you this, and this is a a deeper question, but why should people even consider? using social media, using the digital age that we're in for gospel sharing, kingdom building purposes? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one is no, number one is because you, you can reach more people, maybe not quickly. Now I'm going to say, if you want to reach more people, you got to, you got to have a long view of this thing and some people will blow up overnight, but that's not the norm. Right. But you can reach more people than you can reach in your area. So you can immediately go global overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to, if you want to go into all the world, this is one of the best ways to do it. But there's really two other reasons that I would encourage people to do it. If I was to be this, that's my spiritual answer, <laughs> but, but two reasons. Number one, for you guys who are career ministers, if you don't, you will not be a career minister in a decade. Yeah. Because this is the medium that is going uh, to put you in your positions. This is going to get you your churches. This is going to get you your platforms. This is going to get you that, that job. So this is something that you have to do. You have to learn it. And I can, I try to tell people this all the time and it's like, you know, I'm speaking, you know, Martian to some mm -hmm. people. But you've you've got to learn these skills, and you need. I don't care what you think your gifting is. I don't. I don't care all the excuses. Okay, yeah. if you had excuses that were dollars, you'd be rich already. <laughs> 
you need to learn to do this yourself first person, period. You've got to become your own production team. As a matter of fact, someone asked me recently, said, I want to be a pastor. I'm 16 years old. What would you encourage me to do? Immediately, I said, join the tech team at your church. Right. And he asked me why. I said, because what you learn in a tech team, you will learn about 80% of what people will hold you hostage with. Yeah. To, in order to stand in a room and preach the gospel in a modern setting, because you'll have control of your PowerPoint, your sound, you'll understand all of that stuff, yep. and you'll be able to hook up a microphone and run a slideshow, and you can make things happen, and play music if you need to. Yeah. So you'll be able to make those things happen. But I also think this is in that realm as well. You need to learn this stuff. And the third reason is, it's so budget-friendly. Even though... You know, and my stuff, I'm spending more money than you are because yeah. I have this incredible disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm spending but more money than most people are. Than mo and I was about to say that you emphasize a lot on your gear. I do. And you're, yeah. you're a, but you're, that's, but both of us are a little nerdy. I mean, you got Dr. Yeah. Who behind you. I got a, a freaking Green Ranger right here. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, so, um, so yeah. we, we're just into this stuff too. So there is that side of it. But right. compared, to what I know other people are spending. I have a friend who is on television. He's on Christian television. He's not even on a good channel. He's on a bad Christian television channel. <laughs> he he's It's basically like where TBN dumps all the stuff they don't really care about. Okay. Uh, there's a major... Ma if I told you the name of the person, you'd go, oh my gosh. Yeah. A major televangelist pays half of his bill to be on television on a bad network, and he still has to pay $25,000 a month. He has to fundraise $25,000 a month to keep his bad-looking show on his bad-looking Christian TV channel, and all I have to do in reality, is pull out my phone and do what I want. But, I mean, right. I'm sitting here right now, and I'm just eyeballing about $4,000 worth of gear just in this setup right here. And I have more stuff because I'm nerdy and have yeah. disposable income. But, you know, so I I enjoy – well, I didn't count my computer. So maybe 6000 7000 with yeah. that. Computers are a long-term investment, multifunctional investment, though. Right. right. Uh, so, you know – that's that's a one-time $7,000. You tell somebody, would you pay $7,000? Oh, my God. Well, what about $7,000 times or plus 25000 times 12? Right. I mean, that's a significant... So you have... you. It's so budget-friendly. And and there's a... I'm going to give you a fourth reason, okay? Okay. And I may say something that I may... I may confront you on something that you have to forgive me if you do this. Feel free. Or, or just take the advice and, and win in life. I will um, <laughs> hit stop on this recording immediately. No, go ahead. We're done. We're done with this. The other reason is, is it gives you an opportunity to stop doing these confounded live streams. Every church needs to listen to me. If you are a pastor, okay, I'm going to lean in here. If you are a pastor, stop live streaming today. It is the biggest waste of time and resources not to mention you're streaming at the one time a week you don't want people watching videos 
And and here's the thing. People have been saying forever, well, what about people who can't be there? Well, what about people who couldn't be there 30 years ago? They either miss it or they bought a tape, a yep. tape, a cassette tape. Yep. A cassette tape. I got cassette tapes from church. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, that's what people did. If they can't see it Sunday morning because they're out of town, watch it on Tuesday when we can get an archive stream up that is less pressure. The pressure that goes into live streams to keep it up, I mean, it's it's just a waste of time and energy when you could literally just tape it and have it up in 24 hours. And here's the other side of it. If you can't be here Sunday morning and you have a legitimate reason, I don't want you to watch it. Right. If you're on vacation, which has cost your family two to four thousand dollars, or you, I don't want y'all sitting around a computer screen. Go take this time and enjoy your family. If you've got an emergency and you're in the hospital, just deal with what you got to deal with. Well, I like to be there on Sunday morning. Well, watch last week's message again. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Just do something else. But y'all, listen to me. My God, if I could just get people. But here's the reason that we live stream. Oh, man. Let me just get everybody in trouble here. We live stream because we think it's impressive. Live streaming does not help you with anything other than being able to tell other pastors that you live stream. Well, the algorithm is, is, you know, Facebook likes the lives. Then run it as a live on Tuesday night. You, you can know, do this stuff after the fact. It's funny that you said that because we actually were live streaming, not in the last year or two, but we live streamed for a while there and we eventually just stopped the Sunday live streams because wrestling with everything that you're saying. And the only switch we did was then our midweek service was more of a Bible study and we would live stream that. But even that, now we don't do. Um, We just kind of scrapped it all. We record the audio for Sunday mornings, and we just post that in like a podcast form. And I would encourage, and here's where I would encourage, though, I would encourage figure out how to get your live or get your Sunday mornings recorded video. I think everybody needs to be doing video in their church services. But why? This live stuff. Uh, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one is people do check out your church and they want to see video before they come. Even which, which by the way, don't put your worship on the internet. Here's why pastor. I'm I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to all the the pastors (laughs) out there. Listen to me, pastor. Your worship team isn't very good in person and they're terrible online. Yeah, I know yeah. you. I know you think that you got the best worship team in town. You don't. I, I will have to agree that audio, when it comes through for most worship teams through live streams, is painful. I I've mean, my God, they make Beyonce sound bad on the Grammys. I mean, yeah, in person, it's completely different. Oftentimes, I think most worship teams sound pretty good. Now, I may be tone deaf, but I think they sound be- pretty good in person. It's just it's because the live room forgives a lot it does it the does. moment forgives a lot but that doesn't translate to the internet so don't put any of that up there but people just want to see what they're what they're getting into okay they so, want to see what's there so it, it really is a great marketing tool all right now let's say i i get that i understand people want to see what it's about uh kind of what it is does that need to be an entire service 
Or could it be something like, you know, maybe a welcome video, an introduction coming into the church, and then some sermon clips and things I like that? I think that stuff is good. But I also, the other the other side of getting your everything on video is I think everybody needs to get their their material. I think I think pastors need to emphasize the importance of getting that material done. Because here's what happens. Pastors have a tendency to never capture anything. Right. Get the itch to go to another church. And now they're going nuts about getting video. And it makes everybody feel like something weird's going on. Because it is something weird going on. Because now you're all about video all of a sudden for no reason. You just need video. I think just having control of our content flow is super important. Okay. And I it, it sounds strange, but you know, you also just want it. And video is just, it's good. But no, I think, I mean, I think both is, the, is ideal. I yeah. mean, I, honestly, short introductory type videos to your church are super uh, helpful, but that also translates better to ads and stuff. Right, right. Okay. All right, all right. Let me run down this path with you because your ministry on YouTube and unfortunately... because we're talking about all kinds of stuff right now. This is so much fun. This is going to be amazing. And uh, for those of you... This is going to be all three hours of it is going to be good. And for those that are listening, uh, and I haven't officially introduced him, I'm still not going to, um, but... Your my name my name is Trey Van Camp. <laughs> that was last week. Um, so, all right. So your YouTube channel. You've recently kind of made a switch to do a little bit more um, vlogging, but you still do a lot of Bible teachings, and you have gotten away from doing a lot of what you were doing, where it was the Bible journaling and Bible reviews. Yeah. The the teaching itself is something that I've dabbled in and I'm not I don't know I don't know what the thing is with me. It's just I'm still trying to find whether or not it's actually something I want to do. I know it's not something I'll really use on YouTube specifically, but I've thought about kind of using that on a different platform, maybe like Facebook. Um, but regardless of what I do with it, you do a teaching ministry is essentially how you kind of started the channel. It was yeah, originally, that was, I mean, that's the origin for life, right? Yeah. So yeah. tell us about why you started it, how you started it and how pastors, other ministry leaders, they don't have to be a pastor. They can just be a Christian that they're doing Sunday school teaching. They're doing a little bit of this and that. Now, how could yeah. we use it? Well, you know, and I would encourage people who aren't pastors, but who are, you know, called to teaching ministry. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great platform for you. I wish I could say that the church was a place that overflowed with opportunity. Yeah. And a little bit of restructuring and cooperation from about 150,000 pastors and we can <laughs> and make we it do that. Yep. But that but that's not happening. Yeah. And because it, because the 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 problem is a generation has to shift and the generation has to lose. And so yeah. our entire generation of preachers would have to lose the majority of their preaching ministry in order for those opportunities to open up because the ones above us aren't going to, aren't going to do it. So it would, it would be tough. Yeah. Uh, and people probably hear that and don't understand it. So those who have ears to hear, um, to, <laughs> to quote the Lord Jesus. Um, but, um, that being said, um, 
I think it's a great opportunity for people who don't have opportunities in teaching ministry. It's you create that that opportunity right there, uh, and you take control of it. So for me, that was a lot of what I did. We were in a situation in a church where I was basically the number two in the church. Um, I was essentially the executive pastor. No one would have called me that, um, but everything was flowing through my office. And uh, the pastor there started to have an affair, which is very unfortunate for the organization, but we were the ones that were used as a scapegoat. No one ever said we were, I was having an affair or anything like that, but he was trying to make sure that negative attention was on me in order for negative attention not to get on him. And so I started seeing my preaching moments dry up. I had basically been told not to talk from the stage whenever I was up there singing or doing anything. So don't talk. So I can't, not only can I not preach, you know, I can't even encourage at right. this point. And so I just felt this stuff drying up. And I I'd had my phone and I'd really felt like I'd had a word from the Lord. We were already kind of in the transition to go senior pastor church, which never happened. Thank God. You got to follow the whole journey to understand that. Thank God. But thank God it did not happen. And I was holding my phone. It was the iPhone. I want to say it was the iPhone 5. And this was back when the dust got in the lenses real bad. And it had, you know, bunches of black dots in the thing. And so I'm holding my phone. And the Lord said, what do you have in your hand? And just as soon as it hit me, I thought, man, I could do a whole teaching ministry on YouTube from my phone. And um, and so I called up some people who I trusted and I asked that question. I said, what I, the question I asked is just, do I come off like a jerk if I'm on the internet teaching? And so I secured all the properties and within a couple of months, not, to, not because of that, because I didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had secured all the Grace for Life properties on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah. And within a couple of months, everything went haywire. And I got fired. And this is all, this is a little over five years because the other day we saw the memory come up in our, our, uh, memories on Facebook. And, um, so I, in part of my severance and transition, there was some money exchanged because, and essentially that money was hush money, but there (laughs) was money exchanged. Yeah. And I took that money and I bought the computer I have right here. I bought a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, a lens, um, a, a Tascam DR40 that I actually had up and I used the mic off of it and everything. Um, and so I created the Grace for Life setup. Oh, and some Savage paper that I put in the back. Yeah. So I had a, a black or a, a dark thunder gray background. And, um, and essentially, was in, we were in a two-bedroom apartment by choice because we had sold our home because we were moving, but no, I mean, nothing. I mean, I'm talking 800 square foot at most. Yeah. Uh, two bedroom apartment. So I would move my entire living room around, set up cowboy studio lights. <laughs> I'm just thinking through all of this stuff now, the whole setup. That's awesome. And, and I would, and I would teach Yeah. through these, but my process was busted. So I wasn't getting a ton of it out. So it took me like two years to do Romans. You know, I yeah. finished Galatians while I was there in the apartment before we left. But like when I did Romans, the process was still busted. So I was doing that. So that's really where it came from was this. There was the opportunity dried up and I needed to do something. And if I step back even further from that, I had always felt like the Lord called me to television ministry. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't understand what that was going to look like. I actually at one point thought we would build our church off of a television ministry. And I still think that's viable. I don't want to get into that model because I know a lot of people don't have the, the, a, a big enough vision for that to make sense. But, right. um, but I, I actually think now we won't ever do television. We'll, all, we'll just do YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, so that, so there was kind of a, a process, a progress. So I kind of thought I was doing YouTube in order to prep for television ministry when we went into a church. And so this was going to all build into that. Okay. And so, and now I just do this all the time. All right. So did I even answer your question? I'm, I'm you, you started that I gave you like four different questions in there. So that shows us where you started from, how you kind of got into it. And a little bit of why somebody should be, how should they, if, if there's that, that person out there, that Christian out there that they're sitting there thinking, you know what? I do wish I had more opportunities to teach. God's just planning all this revelation inside of me. And I, I just feel compelled to share it with others. And here's Jason Mayfield on the digital ministry podcast saying you can do that through YouTube. How do they do that? What's the next step for them? Start. I mean, really, I, I know it's oversimplifying it, but I would also say this: if you're overflowing with revelation, if you're if you're if you're itching to teach, I don't know that I'd go right to the internet. I don't know that I wouldn't teach some stuff at church and do some things at church and have a little evaluation. You know, we do run into, um, not to discourage anybody from doing this. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the things that sets me apart, sets you apart, sets Trey Van Camp apart, sets uh, Dennis apart that we know. Yeah. You know, uh, several other people that we're aware of, Clint, Micah. We're qualified. Yeah. You know, and I'm sorry. I know people say it all the time. God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the call. First, let me just say this: that's bull. Number one. The, the the Bible says he's qualified us as ministers of a new covenant. That has nothing to do with you being completely incompetent and just ready, set, go. And too often, we'll use that as a, a way to say ready, aim, fire, or ready, fire, aim. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And so we have to make sure that w- there's some level of qualification there. Because what we're running into a little bit on YouTube as a concern for me is people are becoming accidental evangelist. Ooh, yeah. So, you know, for instance, I'll take like makeup tutorial girls particularly. Not that this is a women in ministry issue or anything because I'm completely egalitarian. But you get these girls who they're making makeup stuff and they're making morning routine stuff. And they mention, I read my Bible in the morning. They get a couple of comments on there saying, Hey, make a video about what you do when you read your Bible. They do that. All of a sudden they've shifted from a makeup channel to a, how to study your Bible channel. Honey, you don't know anything. You mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you read your Bible and it's a great practice, but you are completely unqualified to be sharing this information with people and you're giving people bad information. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, I think that you, we have to be careful that we're not, and that could easily happen with a guy who hunts. Oh, absolutely. With a guy who does things on his truck. That could happen with anybody doing normal stuff. Yeah. So, I, but I, but we see it with these, with the, at least I do. And some of that's just once you see it, once you see it forever because of the YouTube algorithm. Um, most people aren't trying to even watch my videos. They're, they just, 
getting force fed them because of the YouTube algorithm because <laughs> they watched one one time. Right. And so, so we just have to be careful of that. But I would say the next step is, is if you feel that you need to teach and then you just need to start yeah, and whether okay. that's starting with your phone, uh, you know, I, I always encourage people. I just had a conversation with somebody the other day who's at a massive church. I encourage people to go through Trey Van Camp's course, yeah. the vlog your ministry course. But, uh, but just because I think it's a good framework, I've got some yeah. free stuff out there to watch. I mean, if you want to learn to YouTube, YouTube is filled with people telling you how to YouTube. Right. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. so I get started. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you actually mentioned that. Um, I love that you mentioned two things. One that be careful about teaching. It reminds me of what is it? James three, one that says, you know, beware brethren, not many of you should aspire to be teachers. Um, knowing that those who do are held to a higher standard. Yeah. Greater judgment. Yeah. And so there's definitely that aspect of it, but I also like that you did address. There's a lot of those, as you called them, accidental evangelists. Um, I found one of the most refreshing things recently was I was searching through Instagram um, and there's this young Christian lady that is just putting some positive messages out there, pointing people to Jesus. And somebody had asked her to do a Bible study and she said, uh, no, she's like, I'm not qualified to be a teacher. I've not went through any of the instruction, so I'm going to do what I know I can do. And I'm just going to share how much God loves you. Yeah. And it was just like, that is the most humble and brilliant answer out there, which, you know, and you kind of brought this up when God was talking to you, you had that what's in your hand moment. And now you're saying, just get started. Uh, it reminds me of that story of Moses, you know, where um, the Exodus and Moses is trying to, well, I can't, and I don't have this. And he's making excuse after excuse, but it really just came down to the simplicity of you need to start where you're at use what you've got, and then just do what you can. And I think too often many of us are trying to do what we can't do or maybe even what we shouldn't do. Where if we could just kind of keep it simple and just, you know, be like, what was it, blind Bartimaeus, that just just go and tell people about the things that you've seen and experienced. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, I think if YouTube can be, a, it can play, and probably all social media, yeah. But YouTube can really play into the comparison game where, you know, I think when I got, I, I, and I don't vlog a ton, I do occasionally mm -hmm. <clears throat> whenever something's going on. Sometimes I'll make videos that kind of look like a vlog, right. but that really aren't in their nature a vlog. That's just me kind of making it look that way. But I, yeah. I, I think when I came into it and the concept of it, I had seen a lot of Casey Neistat stuff. You know, a lot of us forget that Casey Neistat took <laughs> vlogging to another level. Casey Neistat did not invent vlogging. No. He was not the first one. He was a filmmaker, and he yep. basically looked at these guys who were walking around with G7Xs and just getting <laughs> their day, not even looking in the, you know, they're looking up at their monitors the whole time they're doing the video. Yeah. You know, and their, and their videos were 17 minutes, and it's just literally everything they did in a day, and there's no real story. It's literally just kind of walking people through what's going on with them. And Casey Neistat took that and put a filmmaker twist on it. So if you look at Casey Neistat and you go, that's vlogging, no, it's not. That is filmmaking. Yeah. But even if you go back to some of Casey Neistat's first videos – Get to get to episodes four, five, six, seven, eight, because those first few ones, 
he had sat back and he had prepped himself and he said, I'm going to vlog. I'm going to make a movie every day. Yep. And he got started and he was making movies. Yeah. And by day four, five, six, he's back in New York because he started when he's on vacation. He gets back in New York. Life is happening. It's moving a little quicker than it normally does. And you know what? They aren't that good. Right. And so here's, here's the lesson in that. If you want to be the best, you have to be comfortable being the worst. If you want to be the best, you have to be comfortable being the worst. You just have to start creating those videos. If you go back and watch my, have you ever gone back and watched my, my oldest stuff? I'm just curious because you're a, you're kind of a researcher. I've watched a couple of your older ones. I don't remember which ones they were, but I have watched oldest ones. Go back to Galatians one, two, three, and four. Those first few episodes. Yeah. They are awful. <laughs> awful. I'm way overexposed. Uh, you know, that just some of that stuff is bad. Even when I was doing Romans, some of that stuff is just really bad. I even do videos now that don't necessarily come out great. It's just better than it used to be. And so you got to be comfortable with that. Um, you know, I'm sitting in this setup that's not ideal right now. But it's a lot better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I bought this chair the other day. I finally have a chair. I feel like this is what my YouTube setup has been missing, is a chair. <laughs> you know, so I think there's there's something about just being okay, not being great at it. And if I was to encourage you to do two things that you really need to focus on, if you're going to start focusing on things, really focus on your audio and your pace. Your audio yeah. and your pace. Those are the two two areas that really will set you apart. I was just looking over. You distracted me, so I went over to your YouTube channel to see uh, it, which ones I had watched, and it was uh, Galatians. It would be your episode three from four years ago, and apparently I did not make it more than uh, a third of the way through. So, Well, the teaching was good. You should go in there and get your Wednesday night message. <laughs> there, there we go. So, um, Okay, two more things, I think, before we start wrapping up. Um, one of them good only 45 more minutes yes we had talked about this earlier (laughs) um okay so youtube digital ministry online video preachers the new televangelist what is this i mean we've we you and i we've talked about this what is it what what do we how do we classify what it is that we and so many others are doing yeah i don't know i had tried that a year ago trying to do a series called the new televangelist which i i backed out on i recorded a lot of episodes i didn't put out yeah but i I thought for sure you weren't going to put mine out Mm -mm, no i really i really from the moment that i saw what you started doing i really believe in what you're doing and i just want to just say to you in front of the world unless you cut this out which would be dumb (laughs) to cut this part out but um i really believe in you and i really believe in what your capacity is for this medium and so you know don't be discouraged yeah never be discouraged but i I believe that there is going to be a greater impact for you ahead in this um but but i believe in what you do i couldn't throw my weight behind a lot of people who i just couldn't and, there, and I did right. interview some people who were good uh, that I didn't put out. Um, you have a better temperament for this 
than I do for interviewing people because you can find the good in what everybody <laughs> has to offer. I'm not like that. You need to have done something for me to have a conversation with you. Yeah. You want to you want to be in this. I don't deal with people who don't produce. Right. You want to you you want to figure out if you want to figure out if you're producing. Try to kick up a relationship with me. And if you don't produce, I'm not going to have anything to do with you because you just waste time. And now you just want to waste my time. Mm. You want to waste my time while wasting your time simultaneously. And you want to spread the joy of time being wasted. <laughs> and I'm not going to do that with you. So I had a hard time with that where you, you can find that one thing that this individual who's never going to produce any videos in their life, but they have this one real strong key in them and you're going to be able to pull that out because you have a gift for that you have a gift for you are a pastor your your hashtag should be hashtag so your pastor <laughs> um you know because you just have that <laughs> that being said um i don't know i really don't know i it it is basically we basically are at least in my what i'm doing i'm basically a televangelist yeah. In the YouTube sphere. I have no idea what to call it. But see, I look at Trey Van Camp and I would not, I don't think Trey is. Trey's something different. Even though he posts clips and stuff, it's not, he's not a tele, it's not as in your face, straightforward. I'm just, I'm here for this reason. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Like Trey's easy. Trey's a vlogger. Yeah. He's a, he's basically a Christian YouTuber. I don't know. I have no idea. I wish somebody would come up with a, a name for it. But even like the other day, I said to someone, I'm basically a televangelist equivalent of, of Jesus Christ. He said, well, what, how many conversions are you getting? How many converts? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I basically, I'm, my ministry is so geared towards the believer. Right. So we don't even have a good word for televangelists. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. It's 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 interesting because we find ourselves kind of as not pioneers on YouTube, but definitely in that pioneer stage of Christian YouTubers. And I'm not talking about just Christians who do YouTube. I'm talking about Christians who are promoting Christian content through the medium of YouTube. Yeah. There's And I Yeah. And I'm a, I'm I'm pretty explicit with teaching and stuff, yeah. you know. I'm a little different. I know that we we're part of these groups where there's a lot of creators and they're just Christians and they're creators. But I'm one of those guys, you know. I'm beat my microphone up over here. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that I I do sit back a little bit and go, you know, okay, so you're making stop motion with play doh and you're a believer. That doesn't make this Christian content. So I'm a little more. It, it needs to be explicitly <laughs> Christian content. <laughs> to be fair, I did make a video that used stop motion. <laughs> did you really? I did. Oh, I want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. It um, wasn't the whole really video. Cool. It was like a, I don't know, a, I don't, maybe 30 seconds is all it was, yeah. but it was 30 seconds I, of stop motion. I mean, I'm not saying not to, not to use that stuff, but your stuff is also pretty blatantly Christian content. It's yeah. not, you know... It's not Christian by association. No, yeah, it's, I'm I'm is. up front. I'm I'm just yeah. here to share God's love and encourage you to live by faith. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, um, as is my stuff, as right. is Trey's stuff. I wouldn't yeah. say Trey, it you know. No. So I'm not. I, I want to make sure I'm being clear. But I also know that there's some people who do stuff that's completely off 
target from that and then they go well i'm a christian youtuber no you're right, not right we're, you're a we're christian talking, you're a youtuber we're talking about people like right now like uh the the one of the largest youtube channels out there is dude perfect and they're like what 50 million subscribers they are very devout christian men that are best friends that play trick shots yeah but they're not christian youtubers right they're christians, they're christians who are youtubers they're youtubers but they're not christian youtubers and there's yeah. a difference so there's a subsect which I think is interesting because, you know, at the same time, I don't want to be in the subculture. I want to infiltrate that. But I also think that it's, it's important It's important for us to be able to self-identify and understand what we're doing. Yes, because is, I think when we can identify where our strengths are, then we're able to not get caught in that comparison trap of saying, well, they're not Christian enough or whatever. It's like, no, they're they're doing what they're doing. They're doing what they're good at. I'm going to do what I'm good at. Yeah. And, and this it's just, is what I'm good at. And it's just, it's just a, I don't know. It's, I, I, back to what you said, I don't know. I really don't know what to call it. Okay. And because, and I don't think anybody does. And if somebody does, I'd love to just take it and use it. So for me, I kind of just tell people I'm a Bible teacher on YouTube or I'm a YouTuber, but most of my content's Bible teaching. And, you know, so I just try to, it, you have to explain it with more words. Right. And I don't, and, I prefer it to be simpler. And if I don't want to talk about it, I'll tell someone I'm a televangelist. <laughs> fair, fair enough. You know, I mean, because that's basically what it is in its root. root. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's using just a different medium to get it out there as fast as possible. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm a televangelist without the tele. Yeah, right. I got no tele. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so you know what time it is? It is time. For the for Fast a Five? segment that we call the Fast Five. Yes! Jason Mayfield, are you ready for the Fast Five? I don't know. I don't, t- I don't think fast on my feet here. Well, we're going to see how fast you can hit. Okay. Let's see what All happens. Right. I hope I beat Trey Van Camp. <laughs> hey, you know what I want to do? What? I want to create a false rivalry with Trey Van Camp. I've tried to do it a couple of times, but I want to create a false rivalry. A a feud. A false feud with Trey Van Camp. Go ahead. A false feud. Here's how we're going to do this false feud, and we're going to partake in their sinful behavior of false feuds. We're going to beat Trey Van Camp. What I want you guys to do is, after you have listened to this five Fast Five, then you need to make sure you've listened to Trey Van Camp's Fast Five, and then you can vote on who did better. Yes, rank me higher. Yes. Trey Van Camp or Jason Mayfield? Jason Mayfield. Obviously. All right, Jason Mayfield, here you go. Your Fast Five questions. Question number one, what was your favorite childhood TV show? Power Rangers. <laughs> how did we not know that was going to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel about cranberries? I like them when they're in the jellied can. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What does the acronym SCUBA stand for? I don't know. Somebody come under my breathing. (laughs) Breathing assistant. I don't know. That's not even close. It's self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Oh, Um, man. So, uh, what is the most number of hours you have watched television in a single day? Oh, uh, tw- <laughs> 24. <laughs> and 
which animal do you think brings more joy to the world? Squirrels or llamas? Llamas. <laughs> llamas. All right. Well, there we go. That was Jason Mayfield with the Fast Five. Make sure you leave us a comment on how he did, if he was better than Trey Van Camp, or Obviously. if, once again, Trey Van Camp has defeated Jason Mayfield in a popularity contest. That has never happened. I believe it actually did happen because I heard your vlog from Austin. You asked several people who their favorite YouTuber was. Oh, that is was, true. And they all said Trey Van Camp. So, so far, it is Trey 1, Jason 0. That is true. They all, of their own volition. <laughs> Says Trey Van Camp, unprompted. I, I was waiting for somebody to say Vander Camp or Band Camp. Um, you could see some of them going, Trey Van <laughs> Camp? Oh, yes, it was so good. Okay, so Jason, if people want to be able to connect with you and your digital ministry, where and how can they do so? This is the time to shill and plug yourself. Uh, well, you can get me at jasonmayfield.com or just go to YouTube and type in Jason Mayfield. I should be the first guy to pop up. I believe you are. Are there any other social platforms that you want people to connect with you on? You can connect with me on Instagram, the Jason Mayfield. But, um, I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm in the YouTube space most most of the time. Okay. Only you're just not going to connect with people because you won't respond to their comments. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be straight up with y'all right now. Set, set y'all's expectations right where they need to be. So if you want to we talk are, to him and connect to him, you should do so at jasonmayfield.com. I, I used to work with a guy, a pastor, and we had a guy on staff. Me and the pastor were a lot alike. Had a guy on staff who did a lot. Of, he liked a lot of interaction, like questions. Like, I want you to interact. Like, I want you to amen and holler at me and stuff, all that, when I'm preaching. But he wanted you to ask questions and raise your hand and all this stuff. <laughs> me, and, me and the pastor were always like, we don't like this asking question stuff. Our, our preaching style is real simple. I talk, you listen, and if you finish before I do, just sit there and wait patiently. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is good. I love it. All right, Jason. Well, I think that's all we got for this episode. I'm sure we'll probably have you on before too long. So for all of you that are watching, we just want to thank you for being with us. We just want to encourage y'all stay blessed. Enjoy, enjoy God's, God's best. best. He got it. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.